All right, and we are back for another episode. This is the GOAT Podcast. We are your hosts. My name is Nick Ford. I'm Josh Robinson. And tonight we are out of Walker Church. Walker Church celebrating its two-year anniversary. This beautiful girlfriend, I have, you know. I have my own opinions on that, but, you know, hey, congratulations yeah, to the hey, kid. Hey, congrats to him. You know, he's doing something we're not. So An- Anniversary, you know, big old air quotes. <laughs> Whatever. No, no, no. It's cool. Hey, shout out, shout out to the kid. It's, you know, he's learning uh, um, something. Got to gotta, gotta, gotta love it. Gotta, hey, got to celebrate the, the small milestones. There you, you know, go. You so, know. yeah, but we are not without a third co-host. I am super excited to announce our third co-host for today. My good friend, my music director, my mentor in life right now, Mr. <laughs> Ethan Sharp. Sir, welcome to the show. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you for having me. Super glad to be here. Big fan of Go Entertainment and of all three of the normal the normal hosts. Well, we're, we're, well we're technically, good. you are a current guest. I was just about to say. Guest. We did have you on say. for the kids part two as, you know, Santa Claus himself. So we are excited to have you in your full form tonight. For the hey, kids out, for the kids. For, hey, for the for kids the out kids. there listening, he, this is Santa. You know, he's just this is this is his part-time job you know it's just the, the elves got it taken care of up north so he can you know he can freelance down in the south yeah. this is his passion <laughs> gentlemen we had the national championship game last night and ethan if you hadn't listened to last week's episode i strictly said if alabama won we would not talk about that game so i was like <laughs> i can't i can't handle another one right oh no. now we were just going to give a quick recap on spider-man our thoughts on it and let that be that but you know what that was not the case. Alabama, unfortunately for the state of Alabama, very fortunate for the state of Georgia. Yeah. They won. What was it, what was it even the final score? Was it 33 to 18? 18? 30? Yeah, 33 18. 33 to 18. I mean, at this point, where do we want to start? I mean, it was wild game, you know, ups and downs. I, basically a roller coaster of a game. I want to know pregame. Ethan, I want to know what was what was your you know thought going in? Were you were you in the uh, the ilk of people that will truly believe that uh, you know it's going to be difficult to beat Georgia twice? Uh, anytime I see personally, anytime in the last decade, I've seen Alabama as an underdog. I kind of scoff at it most of the time, mm-hmm. uh, you know. So seeing that everyone being like they they coming in with the chip on their shoulder, you know, they're the underdogs. Uh, I didn't. I didn't really believe that. But what was, as an actual Alabama fan, what was your uh, mindset? How were you feeling? Were you confident? Were you a little nervous? What, what, what was the What was the the general vibe from you? Honestly, honestly, I was. I was. I had to say I was a little nervous because you know we came into the game with at least four big players out. Yeah. Uh, out with injury, <clears throat> we came into the game with that. You know, we barely made it past Auburn. We barely made it past Georgia in the first half of the SEC championship, um, you know. And so I, I was a little nervous. You know, I knew that I knew that Kirby Smart would use the loss in the SEC championship as as fuel and, and they would come out, come out, you know, come out swinging. And, and it was it was close. It was close up front and really until the fourth quarter and until they pulled away. But. I was a little nervous. I, w- I wasn't too confident to say to say the least. I was not. I was not super confident in the in the in that we would that we would come home with a dub. You know. Wow. 
Wow. So. I was uh, – I, I think I may have mentioned it last game. I was, I was, I was hoping Georgia would win, but I was – I would not have been surprised had Alabama won. I thought – Alabama, they've been here before, most of these players. Every, every single one of those players have been, you know, maybe not in the game, but on the sidelines. So, the, this, ain't, this ain't their first rodeo. Uh, and I can't say the same about, about Georgia. So, you know, I was uh, – I thought I thought Georgia had the talent if they could, you know, make it connect. And uh, – but but if they didn't, Alabama was going to run away with it. And thank God they made it connect in that second half because the first half it was yeah. not looking great. So – yeah, it was one of those games where, you know, with all the circumstances leading up to it, you know, it, I was thinking, man, if Kirby can't pull this out, then he really does have a non-disclosure agreement with Saban where he just cannot beat him. <laughs> like that, that's because this is the perfect setup. I mean, he's got Mechie's out, several, you know, defensive backs, linebackers, a lot of people out on the defense. And then once Jameson Williams went out in the second quarter, I was like, if they can't do it in this game, it will never be done. This is a curse that will not be broken. And so, I mean, I'm, I guess guys wouldn't just start with the first quarter. I mean, that first drive for Alabama, I mean, with Bryce having that, you know, fumble in quotes that didn't end up counting. I mean, I was I was like, what a hot start for this game. And I think that kind of set the tempo that this was going to be just an absolute roller coaster of a national championship. Yeah, the defense came out – Georgia's defense came out I mean, ready to play. And, of yeah. course, you know, Kirby, Kirby's a defensive guy. You know, he – he ran dominant defenses for Alabama in his years there, you know, and so I knew that coming in, like, okay, especially after the the walloping that Georgia's defense took in the SEC championship, you know, they took pride in their defense all season with, you know, allowing what on average, like, one, like it was like a, a field goal per game of points yeah. throughout the season, something like that. I can't remember the exact number, but, you know, and they – Georgia's D came out, you know, ready to play because they were they were playing for pride at that point, you know. But oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah, no, it was uh, Alabama came out and there was that there was that fumble and I I tweeted right away. Uh, there's absolutely no way this doesn't get called back, but I think it's a great confidence booster. I think it's a great start for uh, for for Georgia. And uh, at least for the defense, and uh, I, I don't think I was wrong. There was a he- heavy defense game, heavy defensive game, um, yeah. which if you if you don't appreciate game, that, that that first quarter was a little dry. The first half was was a little a little dry, right. trotting right. out the kickers uh, at best. So, um, but yeah, no. After that first, after after Alabama's first drive, uh, and then after Georgia's first two plays in their drive, it was. Um, I, I I did not feel good for them at all. I'm sure as an Alabama fan, you're probably sitting there being like, all right, we need this to continue the whole game. Yeah. You get that sack and then Stetson, he scrambles and then just, the ball just drops out of his hand. I'm thoroughly convinced that somebody had greased up all of Georgia's <laughs> balls the first, the first half. Because they were they just – catches were just popping out of people's hands it was ridiculous it was ridiculous right um, and that one ball i mean he i mean stetson was on a full i mean he was sprinting and yeah, then yeah. he had it tucked it looked like he had it tucked and then just oh it was not tucked no. anymore yeah that that I mean, blew my mind stetson bennett and i was told josh's last night stetson bennett 
looked like a guy who he was on a date with like a super gorgeous you know i said it, it was like if he was on a date with jennifer lopez and he didn't know what to do with himself that's how he was playing in this game like you know he gets sacked for 14 yards and then he runs he gets you know 10 of those yards back and then he just drops the football he just doesn't know he's talking too much he doesn't know what to do and so i saw this uh this i think Feinbaum said it before the game even started he was like stetson bennett should not be playing in this game Stetson Bennett will not play in the NFL, but if he can win this game, he will never want for anything in the state of Georgia. (laughs) He will never pay for anything. And I was just like, Jack, he needs to realize like he has nothing to lose with this game. Like just go out there and just risk it all. And I think it took Jack two and a half quarters for him to figure that out. I mean, it was from a guy that looked super comfortable all year because he didn't have to do that much because the defense would do some scoring for him and the run game was looking great as well. He, he I mean, I just didn't know how, how he was going to do it. I was thinking, Dad Jones, they got to get JT Daniels ready because it's not, it's not looking good. It was definitely, yeah. I definitely think it was two quarterbacks that were, you know, good at their job, but had two completely different expectations. Stetson Bennett, nobody expected anything from this kid at all. Ever so he could just go out there and do everything, uh, and then you got Bryson Young, and obviously he's Heisman winner, so he he has the entire weight of Tuscaloosa on his shoulders, the entire weight of Alabama on his shoulders, uh, so he can't mess up. So it was it was interesting to see how I mean he was calm, and Bryson Young was calm and composed his whole you know first drive, really the entire game. He uh, he was pretty calm, pretty collected, you know, didn't get too rattled. But Stetson Bennett was. He's like he's like a scared uh, you know chipmunk or something. He was he was all over the place. That was I mean, I got to give it to him though because all he had they Georgia had a lot of offensive setbacks. You know there were a, a few sacks, a few offensive <clears throat> excuse me, like they had a, a few false starts. You know and it, and it really like you said Nick like I think it was it was he had nothing to lose with that game. You know and like. Stetson Bennett kind of reminds me of the likes of former Alabama quarterbacks, uh, Jake Coker. Yeah. You remember him, Jake oh, Coker, yeah. um, Greg McElroy. Like they're not really standout guys. Like they're they're solid quarterbacks. They know how to play the position, you know. But what makes them is the people they're surrounded by. Yeah. Like oh, yeah. Georgia's got some incredible, incredible. Uh, just wide receivers, those two, the the duo running back, the power and speed guys. Like, oh, yeah. I've never seen – I haven't seen them all year like that. And right. I was blown away. But, like, but straight up, like, Jay Coker now, I'm pretty sure, is an insurance agent in Tuscaloosa yeah. <laughs> or somewhere in Alabama. But, like, on his record for the rest of his life, like, I won the – I won the – what was it, 2011 or 2015, like, Something national like championship. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 You walk into his office, yeah. he's got that that – Clip from the paper on the wall. He's got. He's wearing the ring. Exactly, he's wearing the ring. That's all he's got to do. Yeah. You just yeah. you just wine and dine him with stories for thirty minutes and say, hey, uh, you know, why don't we why don't we throw in a little car and home insurance today? <laughs> yeah. And boom, yeah. there you go. All right. So once Jamison Williams went down, Ethan, is that did you have like any from what you were thinking how the game was going at that point? Were you thinking okay that could be a this game? And how did you see Bryce Young's performance change once his number one wideout went out after John Mechie already being out from the SEC championship game? Yeah. So I saw saw today Jamison Williams torn ACL. Ooh. Super fun for him. Like, because I'm pretty sure he's a junior. 
and he was already kind of projected to be a top 20 pick uh, in this year's draft. You know, um, I was when that happened, I was like, oh, no, this is this is not looking good because, you know, from the get go, George, like I said, Georgia's defense came out to play and they they succeeded in their mission to make Bryce Young uncomfortable, you know. They were pressuring the quarterback. He couldn't stay in the pocket long. He was rushing around a lot, you know, scrambling, uh, trying to make plays with his legs and trying to get out of the pocket and find open receivers. So they succeeded in that way to make him uncomfortable, in my opinion. But the second that Jameson Williams went out, I think it was just kind of a a downhill battle from there because, you know, his two, his two go-to wide receivers. I mean, he, he still had Slade Bolden in there and, you know, at slot and he's Slade is good. He's quick, but he's not, he, you know, he's not six, four, you know, right. 215 pounds, you know, going up to catch a, a, a football, Yeah, right. you know, you know, and so like, yeah. At, when Jameson went out, like I, my wife asked me, we were on our way home last night. Uh, we, we watched it at my parents and we were on the way home and, and my wife asked me, she's like, do you think it would have gone differently had we had Jameson Williams? And I, I, I don't quite know that it would have gone differently, but I think the game probably would have had a better chance of going to overtime. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Like absolutely. Because, you know, Jameson Williams, he's so fast and he's such a dynamic playmaker, you know, like he he kind of he kind of bewildered Georgia's defense in the SEC championship. You know, oh, yeah. they played him. They played him good. Uh, uh a good portion of the time, but the other parts, he was blowing them out. You know, he was just blowing right by him, catching passes that, you know, thankfully Bryce Young was threading a needle on. But yeah, when I saw he was, he didn't have, he didn't have Jamison Williams, which is, he's kind of Jamison Williams, all around guy, you know, deep routes. He didn't have John Mechie, which is really, John Mechie really is, is crucial on Alabama third downs. You know, they throw a quick slant to him or, you know, a, a, <clears throat> a pass out to the flats or a quick post, something like that. But, uh, yeah, and you saw he was already – Bryce Young was already uncomfortable due to Georgia's defense. But then on top of on top of him already being uncomfortable, his main receivers being out, he's having to throw to brand-new receivers he's not comfortable with. And they don't have that relationship that, you know, that quarterbacks and receivers build in practices during the week and – just throughout reps in the game. So right. when he went out, Jameson went down. I was like, well, I, I'm holding out hope just because I'm a fan, but it's not looking good. Right. You know. Why do you, why do you think it's been for this season in particular that Jaleel Billingsley never got off this season at all? It felt like, you know, you never really saw any big moments with him. I know the first half of a, the first game he, he was suspended for, you know, conduct, whatever. But it felt weird because once Jameson went out, I was thinking, you know, Jaleel Billingsley could probably take up some of that slack, but they just never could get him the ball. And he, he would be in the game, you know, running some sets, but not really making much of an impact. What do you think was up with that? You know, I don't know. I saw that – I saw the stuff about conduct, you know, and I don't know if he just was – if he was just not focused or and, – and really Jaleel Billingsley, his, he's been kind of like – in my opinion, he's kind of been a hit or miss all season long. You know, he'll have a couple of games where he'll catch he'll catch passes and he'll catch everything that's thrown to him. And then games like yesterday where there was a few times where Bryce Young hit him right in the numbers and just just didn't catch it. 
I mean, yeah. had his hands on it. Was just like, oh, I don't think I want to catch this ball, you know. And it's funny that you bring him up because uh, Jaleel Billingsley is one of five Alabama players that have entered the transfer portal. Oh, wow. Yes. I did not see that today. Yes, sir. So, like, I think it's a <clears> – see, <throat> I saw this uh, on, on Twitter. The rundown of the Alabama players who have entered the transfer portal today thus far. Uh, tight end Jaleel Billingsley. Linebacker Drew Sanders. QB Paul Tyson, which is a big one. That uh, is Paul, Paul, Bear, Paul Bear Bryant's great-grandson. And then a lineback- another linebacker, another uh, offensive lineman. There Jeez. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, That's breaking news on this show. I didn't know that. Yes, sir. <laughs> that's uh that's very interesting. I guess I guess you know, I mean it's what Alabama's one of those things. It's it's kind of like the Patriots of college football. You've got to buy in, you know, but once you buy into the system, like it's worth it for you and you win football yeah. games. Some people some people can do it, other people can't. And so I guess you know that that could have been one of the things with them, but so we go to the second half now, and that's when, like, everything for real started, you know, because at that point the game had been strictly field goals. Yep. And then we start seeing some action where we've got – okay, so Bryce Young's play in the first – very first set of downs, they ruled – at first they thought it was a fumble, then they said it was a forward pass. Mm-hmm. Stetson Bennett's – although he was, you know, it kind of started leaving his hand a little bit early, it still went forward. What were you thinking right when that play happened? Once the ref called that a fumble and a recovery by Alabama, my mind was blown at first. I was like, how in the world did he catch that? And then once we, you know, we slowly but surely watched that replay, it's like, oh, maybe. I mean, what were your thoughts on that play overall? That play, so I have I'll, – I'll share my thoughts on that play first because that's what you asked for. Because <laughs> I had – I was like, in my opinion, that Alabama was playing Georgia and the refs yeah. and the rest of the college football world who didn't want Alabama to win, you know. That's who we were up against. But uh, that's just me. But, like, on that play, I was – it was just one of those things because leading up to that point, like, the refs had missed a lot of calls on Alabama, like plays that we were – or penalties that we were committing that they missed. Um, and then they missed a lot of calls on Georgia's side. Like, I think Georgia had a lot of missed pass interference calls that could have yeah. been called on them. I think they had a lot of – really really close what could have been rough in the passer calls yeah. you know they were really letting the boys play last night they is, they were bro and like, then when they, they threw the flag it was always it was always it kind of made you like tilt your head like really like that's right, what, right. That's what we're gonna like, call yeah yeah you'll call that but you won't call the the number 54 i think the o-lineman like yeah whatever pile, he would just <laughs> run and jump on the pile every time and so, like, they could, they, they had a lot of, I think that's the best way to put it. Like, they just let them play, you yeah, know? Yeah. And, and it, it, it kind of sucked for everybody, like, for both sides of the ball, like Georgia and Alabama, for when they did decide to call a penalty and throw a flag. It was seemingly at really random and inopportune times for the team they called them on. Yeah. But you'll, you'll let them play the rest of the time. You know what I'm saying? So that that yeah. specific play though, like that was that was crazy. And and then when they called it a recovery on Alabama's part, that blew my like, mind. That was nuts, bro. Like the fact that it, really just the timing of that, I was because one camera angle, it looked like his toe was out. Oh, and well, the, that, I think yeah. it was 
sliding camera angle was from the from that sideline, and you could see like a a centimeter of green yeah. in between so and the white, and you're just like, this, this is insane. It's just the yeah. fact that they were reviewing a guy who was not expecting a fumble. It was so nonchalant. He was just grabbing the ball. He was. And it's but, almost like it landed in his hand. It just, it just popped it was, up and landed. If it wasn't going in his direction, because he's just kind of like running towards the sideline anyways, and he just kind of slowed down and just it was coming at him and he caught it. The fact that he caught it, the fact that he stayed in bounds, his toe was j- just in bounds. And I'll say it was in bounds. It was in bounds. Uh, the fact that his toe was just in bounds was all by happenstance. That was not people. Yep. I, some of the commentators were like, man, I can't believe he had the wherewithal to think, you know, maybe I should. No do- way. No, no, no. This kid was <laughs> no just way. grabbing the ball. Like, <laughs> no come way, on. Dude. He's like, yeah, the ball came at me and the quarterback's way back there. It's not a fumble. Why would I? Why would anyone ever think that? And then yeah. like it's a fumble. So, but yeah, that yeah. was uh, it's and it, it's crazy to think too. That's Alabama's only touchdown of the day came from that, based yep. off that turnover. Yeah, I mean, on I the sixteen yard line, took them three, four plays like that. That blows my mind that it. That's how they were able to get their one and only touchdown of that entire game. After that, though, I mean, Stetson Bennett decided to just put it all out there on the table and say, "Bro, I don't care anymore." He, I mean, he, he turned into a legend. Yep. He was like, I can either, you know, be a boy or become a man. He's like, you know what? Forget it. I'm just going to chuck the ball down 50 yards. That touchdown he had after that, that might have been one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. Like that, you couldn't have drawn that up better. Right. The cut two. Yep. Yep. I, I don't know, man. Like, there was a lot of moments in that game where, you know, I, I don't fault the players. I fault the coaching. Yeah. Because Bill O'Brien, offensive coordinator for Alabama, in the, you know, Georgia, at this point, it was 25 to 18, Georgia. We were eight points, uh, or no, 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 26 18, excuse me. We were eight points back. And we had plenty of time. We had like two and a half minutes, three timeouts. And Bill O'Brien is calling deep pass plays. Where all we had to do was get a first down, put, you know, give the ball to Brian Robinson. He's already showed, you know, he's hungry to run and he's hard to stop anyways. If he finds a hole and gets a, you know, ahead of steam, get first downs, get another first down, call a timeout, you know, throw a couple of pass plays, get a first down, call your second timeout, and then put yourself and put your team in a position to score. But Bill O'Brien was just chunking deep balls and calling those plays and then making Bryce Young. He was already rattled at that point. You know, it yeah. looked the the odds were almost 100 percent in Georgia's favor. There was no way like it was it was looking dismal for Alabama, you know, and then to for that weight to be on, you know, a college kid, a college kid, you know, at the helm of the offense, you know, just chunking deep balls and then the game ends with the interception. Like it was yeah. just. And those so, last, those last two drives I had to, he was getting absolutely abused. Oh, he yeah. was getting hit every single time he dropped back to pass. It was like, I, like George's defense. They didn't pump the gas at all. They were just like, they're going no breaks, all gas, killing it. Oh, 100%. I mean, it was, they they wanted it. You could tell they were still feeling it. They're still embarrassed from that SEC championship game. They're like, all right, we're going to run it. We've got something to prove. Yeah. This game. 
I was I was glad for I was glad for Kirby, you know, because yeah. I didn't know this until they I think they uh, showed it on air last night uh, on ESPN. But Kirby has been, and Nick Saban said this about Kirby. He said he's one of the most loyal assistant coaches that Nick Saban's ever had. Was with him at LSU, which I didn't know. I was with him at was with him at Miami when Nick Saban coached Miami Dolphins. Really? I had no idea. About that. Yeah. Yeah, it was his DC then, or if not a DC, some other assistant or analyst. But uh, and then came with him to Alabama and was at Alabama during the rebuilding and when the dynasty started kind of taking over in uh, 2009 and onward. Uh, you know, and so I was I was happy for Kirby because you know what he's done with Georgia, turning that team around from when yeah. Mark Rick was there, and establishing them as a top five a consistent top five college football team you know it's I, I applaud him and I was happy for him if if anything and the George guys too you know because they've been in the college football playoff for the past two or three years yeah and uh and so they they deserved it yeah it was one of those just like perfect happenstance for everything that was going on with all the injuries that were going on it was just the perfect time where if Kirby was going to beat his you know his boss his mentor this was the game to do it. Yeah. And so, you know, I was glad for him. I think it worked out well for him. You mentioned Bill O'Brien. What do you think about all these rumors saying that he's interviewing for the Jaguars head coaching position? I think it's absolutely insane to think if you watch, paid any attention to this college football season, thinking he could go right back to being an NFL head coach, especially with an organization like the Jaguars with as much trouble as they've had the last year. I mean, really the last five years, but still. No, I, a lot of Alabama players want him gone. Or Alabama players, Alabama fans want him gone just yeah. because he his his calling is his play calling is super inconsistent. You know yeah. that the the Auburn game is, a, in my opinion, is a great example of that because the whole game we struggled offensively. You know we're right there neck and neck with Auburn for four quarters, and then. It wasn't until overtime when he just like or, or what? Yeah, was did we go to overtime in that game? Two overtimes, uh, right? Uh, I think it was like four overtimes, something like four that. Four overtimes, right? okay, I knew. Yeah. yeah, okay. It wasn't until like, oh, the game is on the line and we can yeah. miss the college football playoff. Let me decide to call some offensive plays now, like, and that's just that's my opinion. But like, I, I think I'm one of many Alabama fans who kind of share just slight disdain for his play calling and no but I as far as him going to the Jaguars like I don't know like they 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 turned on they turned on Urban Meyer way faster than I thought they would yeah you know uh he didn't even make it through like a season bro no but but he wouldn't help he wasn't helping himself either no (laughs) no so okay let me ask you this I think I'm really excited to ask you this question. I just thought of it. If you oh you had to keep one, you could lose one and keep one. Bill O'Brien, Pete Golden, who are you taking? <laughs> uh, you know, after the last, so for, I guess probably from the LSU game onward. Uh, we played LSU and then um, New Mexico State or somebody like that. I can't remember. 
and then Auburn, and then we had Georgia in the SEC championship, Cincinnati in the semifinal, and then Georgia again in the national championship. After seeing those five games, I would say I would probably want to keep Pete Golding. Okay. And the reason being is because, you know, the last five games, I feel like Pete Golding has become more consistent as a DC and as a play caller on the defensive side of the ball, especially when we lost our uh, two uh, starting cornerbacks, uh, Josh Job and uh, Armour Davis. I can't remember his first name. Uh, when we lost those two, because those were big corners for us and two big playmakers. And when you lose that, but can still call a solid defense. I mean, because I mean, you saw last night, like it was just field goal, field goal, field goal, back and oh, yeah. forth until until Georgia, you know, was able to cross the plane, you know. But uh, I think I'd have to say Pete Golden because he showed way more consistency. I think in the latter portion of this season, whereas Bill O'Brien, like I said, is just like. Well, I'll, I'll, I think I'll call some good offense on this drive or, you know, the next drive, maybe not. Like, that's that's just my tongue-in-cheek way of putting it. You know, like, it just seems – he seems a little bit more inconsistent. And, you know, whereas people like Steve Car- Steve Sarkeesian, you know, he's he was really consistent with his offensive play calling. Al- Alabama had a powerful, powerful offense when he was – the OC, you know, not that we don't now or, or we have a lot of young players, but yeah, I, I think I'd have to go with Pete Golding for sure. Okay. Okay. I Keep like the head. answer. That's funny. I, hey, if I would have asked you that, you know, two months ago, I think we would have probably, we could have had a different answer. <laughs> Straight up, man. Straight <laughs> up. Oh, all right. So just to put, you know, last football question, just to put the season in review, what do you think if you had to rate it, you know, on a scale one to ten, you grade it A through F. How do, would you grade this Alabama football team? This year's team was good. They played. They played with a lot of heart. You know, they played like you were saying earlier, Josh. Like they they played. You know, kind of as the underdog most of the season. You know, they had a lot of young players, and then when players started dropping like flies with injuries, you know. It made everybody doubt even more, especially leading to the SEC championship. Like Georgia is visibly the far more dominant team coming into yeah. the SEC championship. Like easily, no question, no doubt. Like Vegas has uh Vegas has Georgia by a landslide coming into that game. And then we beat the brakes off of them coming into the fourth quarter, you know. But I would have to give this year's team probably a seven, seven out of 10, seven out of 10, probably like a, a C, a C. or a, a B minus C plus you know, B minus. Yeah. Somewhere around there because this team, this team wasn't great. Like there are, this team wasn't last year's team or this team also was not the team that beat Georgia with on the national championship, you know, on second and 26 when, Tua Tungavailoa comes in and throws a bomb yeah. to Devontae Smith in the end zone. Yeah. You know, this team was not that team. This team is, is right. nowhere near that team. But we have a lot of young players. You know, Will Anderson is a sophomore, and he was in the running for a Heisman. He was fifth place in the Heisman this year. Yeah. He's coming back. You know, Bryce Young is a sophomore and won the Heisman this year and is an incredible talent, incredible quarterback. He's coming back, you know. 
a lot of talent that is that started this year super young, and I think it's just going to be. I think this year was just kind of like, you know, kind of making it through, and then next year we'll. I think we'll be a little bit more dominant, you know, if we can just keep our players healthy and, uh, you know, just keep grinding, you know, as, as coach Nick Saban says, you know, just keep grinding on the process, you know, it's just, just part of the process. So part of the process, but I, yeah, Absolutely. I don't have to give them a, probably a seven out of 10 though, honestly, I mean, it was, okay. it was a good year, good season, but I've seen better, you know, no moral right. victories, no moral Fair victories. Enough. <laughs> no, I definitely, right, Ethan, I definitely. Anything, oh, or go ahead, Josh. No, Sorry. I was, all go I was going to say is I definitely, you know, everyone's hyped that Alabama lost. I think you know, whenever Alabama loses a national championship, it's a big W for for every other college football team right in, in right. the country. So I think that's probably a a pretty a pretty good uh, uh you know indicator of, of what everyone thinks about Alabama, regardless if you love them or hate them. But uh, like you said, I mean, Bryce Young's only a sophomore and he's already got a Heisman under his belt. I think the next two or three seasons is, is going to be uh, – it's it's only going to – I think that, that seven is going to be moving up to an eight and nine maybe. We might even see a ten, ten season. So, Alabama is definitely someone to keep your eye on. Obviously, yeah, I don't, I don't sure. think anyone's not, but, you know. Right, right. Yeah. Especially, like, you know, when you have players like John Mechie and, and Jamison Williams, like, they're both juniors and they both have the opportunity to leave. But, you know, you, you just kind of hope that after a season that we've had, like – kind of lackluster like they I know Jamison Williams was a transfer but John Mechie's been here you know underneath uh uh Devontae Smith and um the other uh Henry Ruggs Jerry Judy like he came up underneath them and, and has seen where we've been as a team and we're as a program and so you for them to have like kind of devastating you know season ending injuries like they did you, you hope as a fan that they'd come back and just kind of like, you know, I'm doing this for my team. I'm doing this for, you know, myself and for my team and for my coaches and for the fans and, you know, coming back and, and hopefully going all the way again, you know, just to, just to prove, you know, prove themselves in that way. But, you know, they might make different decisions, you know, some, some players make those calls and, come back but other players like no I can make millions and millions of dollars in the NFL so see y'all later but yeah you know, we'll see we'll see what happens with that you know gotcha well Ethan well we have you for you know the next you know four and a half minutes before the zoom runs out anything you want to plug on the podcast I mean the, the band we did have a song drop last week so, yes, you know, sir. so if you want to talk about that for a second yeah so like Nick said um I'm the uh uh, music director, kind of the band, the band director, band leader um, at our church, the Rock Family Worship Center in Huntsville, and uh, all the free shout outs. Um, yeah, free yeah, shout outs. yeah. Shout out to the Rock. Shout out, shout out to Nick for being a clutch acoustic player all the time. Uh, thank you. Appreciate um, it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'm the music director there, and and as of about November of 2021, I'm the interim uh, producer. So like working with studio, studio stuff and all that. So yeah, we we last Friday had a uh, new single come out. It's the first single that we've put out in about it's the first piece of music that we've put out in about six years. I want to say Ooh, uh, six or seven years. So yeah, just uh, uh, it was we had a good response. Uh, I, I I personally produced that one. Um, 
and uh, it was a fun process, uh, fun uh, time with the team and the crew, you know, just kind of working that out and uh, just keep your eyes peeled for the rest of January. So that's, that's all I can say about that one. But yeah, just keep your eyes peeled. Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you uh, listen to music. Yeah. Oh, that excites me. That makes me excited. I don't know about y'all, but it makes me excited. Yes, sir. Ethan, brother, thank you so much for, for joining us. We will absolutely have you on again, just for like, just an in-depth, just about you, man, just to talk, you know, just life, music, everything. So thank you so much for coming on the show, man. We appreciate you being on here, brother. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. Hey, anytime, anytime. All right, everybody. That's been a uh, another episode of the Goat Podcast. We hope you uh, uh we hope you enjoyed it. It's groveling time, so you know, like and subscribe. Tell your friends, tell your aunties, tell your uncles, tell everyone about it. It really it helps us. Uh, you know, leave a review. Please leave a review. Y'all don't re- leave reviews. Please leave a review. Um, <laughs> we'll be putting. Uh, I guess we'll, we'll probably we'll probably link Ethan if you if you want to follow him on on the social media. If he has social media, I have no idea. This is, we did not discuss it before. I would imagine so though. Um. <laughs> <laughs> and and definitely we'll be we'll be linking the linking the song that he produced. Shout out to him. So um well anyway, like I said, this has been another episode. We got another episode dropping on Thursday. I think we're gonna break down Spider Man. It's a big breakdown week, is really what we're getting at. So uh uh we appreciate you guys for listening. I've been your host, Josh Robinson. This is Nick Gordon. And as always, thanks for listening.